How do I meet my soulmate? How do I move on from heartbreak? Does my dream relationship even exist? Are, are dating apps the only way I can meet people? Are all relationships this hard? This is Between the Sheets with Dr. Love. Each week, your host dives into sex, love, dating, relationships, and everything in between. Welcome to Between the Sheets with Dr. Love. Hello, hello, it's Dr. Love for another episode of Between the Sheets with Dr. Love. So today we're talking all about sabotage and don't we know about that and we hear it all the time, whether it's in diets, in relationship, uh, whatever it is, but we as human beings often sabotage what it is we exactly want and need. And it sounds weird, but I thought what we'll do today is talk about different ways we sabotage our relationships. And there's so many ways that we do this, but I needed to sort of narrow it down to enough to talk about on the episode. So I thought I'd pick six that we could focus on, six different ways that you could identify how you sabotage your relationships. And we can talk about a lot of others, you know, throughout another episode and things like that. But I love working on, this is the one thing that pops up for me when I'm doing my one-on-one coaching often and people don't seem to realize and this is the thing with sabotage right we don't usually see it coming because we're usually the ones that are sabotaging ourselves or our relationships and then we often come you know to someone like me dr love what's going on and you wonder what's gone wrong because it's actually difficult to identify your behaviors when you don't even know you're doing it self-sabotage often happens when we're trying to resist the need to change something in our lives and it's human nature to resist change. So if you have a think about a new relationship, a difficult decision you need to you need to make, needing to change the way that you think or your mindset, and mostly, you know, they're put off because you can't confront the change that's in those scenarios and you put it aside for another day. And the longer you put something off, the worse the situation becomes. And it ends up being a lot harder to deal with than if we faced it the first time. So if you can identify your sabotaging ways, we're more inclined to seek the proper changes we need to stop ourselves from these behaviors in the future. So if you recognize it, then you can change it. So if you're going to recognize any of these six forms of sabotage that I'm going to talk about today in your relationships or in yourself, now you have an opportunity to uh, not only identify, but have an opportunity to change it. So let's talk about the first one. So the first one is that fear of it being too good to be true. You know, when you are just experiencing something and especially in relationships and you're like, this is way too good to be true. There's got to be a reason why it's not working. And the common thinking is you become suspicious about the other person or the relationship in general. And it doesn't mean you're suspicious of your partner. It's more about your anxieties that the relationship is going way too well, that something bad is bound to happen soon. It's almost like that calm before the storm. That mentality is is really coming from a negative space in your head. And that is really your your thoughts around, well, if something is this good, something is definitely bound to happen that's going to hurt you. Something is going to happen that is going to disappoint you. So you subconsciously prepare yourself for the worst. And I was watching The Bachelorette just recently. She was talking about one of the relationships she's she has with one of the guys in the house And her fear was like, it just seemed way too perfect. And 
she was scared, almost ready to walk away from him because it was way too good. And how could he be good looking? How could he be sensitive, emotionally intelligent, available for her, into her, kiss that way, look that way? It just seemed too perfect to uh, be true. So, and this is that negative mindset of, well, why is it so good? It can't be. It can't be this way. There's no such thing as it being this perfect. And so you start to question your partner a lot, and you become hyper aware of the relationship. You overthink the conversations that you're having or the actions because you're afraid of the what if. You're afraid of what could happen, or is this the time that he hurts me? Is this the time he walks out? Is this the time he abandons me? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Whatever mind play you've got going on. So it's going so well that you don't believe it and you succumb to your fears. And what happens is that you're actually doing damage. You're doing the damage that you've anticipated yourself. So you're actually sabotaging the good things that you have in this relationship because your constant mind chatter around your anticipation of it being a disappointment. So you're creating the friction in the relationship because you'd rather have control over the storm than it come at you when your guard is down when you're least expected. So that is probably something I see quite often. And I don't know if that rings true for you, but let's just have a think about your past relationships, maybe the relationship you're in at the moment. Do you have a fear of it being too good to be true? And are you sabotaging the good stuff in it? Another thing that I want to talk about was when the going gets tough, you get lost rather than you get going. You might say to yourself, you're not a quitter. And when things get hard, you stick around. But think about your biggest hardships over the years. And have you managed to conveniently end the relationship when it all got a little bit too hard? Or, you know, there's a fine line between leaving when it's tough and leaving when it's right. And you need to identify within yourself if you struggle to put up with the hard times because you see no light at the end of the tunnel. Did you stick it out through the hard times or did you get out of there as quickly as you could? Putting something in the too hard basket is more appropriate for things like, you know, your laundry and your errands. You know, you can put them off to a later date. But when it comes to relationship dealings and those difficult times, when you deal with those things, it leads to a brighter, better future in the relationship. And whether your relationship lasts the hard times or not, if you go through them, you're definitely going to come out with a lesson being learned. So if you're going to avoid all the conflicts and the hardships, you're not, you won't be getting to know how to deal with certain situations when they arise or show your partner you can put your fears aside for them. So what that does, it, it creates a stronger bond between the both of you because you have each other's backs. Your fears aren't driving you away. You're not out of there as soon as there's some hardship or um, there's uncertainty. So just remember in a relationship or in life in general, like what doesn't kill you does make you stronger. And of course, it's so cliche. We hear it all the time, but it really does. I mean, if you have a think about any of your relationships that you've had, or if you're going through a relationship at the moment, and you've had some hard times, 
you know, it toughens you. It gives you thicker skin and it helps you get through possibly the next hardship that you're going to go through. Because let's face it, in relationships, you are always going to be faced with some type of challenge. You've got two people that come together in one relationship and it's not always going to be smooth sailing. But are you there when it's not? Are you there for each other when it's not smooth sailing? And can you catch each other when you fall? And are you going to bring out the best in each other when it's not? okay. So I just want you to have a think and reflection of, do you sit in that space? Do you really, uh, you might say, you know, I'm not a quitter and I, you know, get through power through things, but is that only at work or is that only in the gym? Do you actually do that in love as well? So do you do that in your relationships as well? I want you to just have a reflection on that. A really important thing that is a way that constantly sabotages a lot of people I speak to is the negative self-talk. So what goes on in the mind? And so we're really conditioned to think we aren't good enough or worthy enough. And this can bring our confidence right down along with the relationship that we're in. So, you know, constantly telling yourselves that you don't deserve this person really does allow room for doubt, anxiety, negative emotions. You know, that's when we get jealous and insecure. So sabotaging your relationship this way can also show your partner that you don't feel comfortable or confident when you're with them. So that self-esteem that you have is really, really important in a relationship. So working on yourself to boost your own confidence and your relationship is going to obviously fertilize the relationship and help you both grow together because there's so many reasons around us that confirm that maybe we're not good enough. There's so much comparison going on that we think, hang on a minute, I'm not better or worthy than that person. And our past experiences also play a part in that. You know, our brains are probably the most glorious muscle that we have. But unfortunately, we're really wired to highlight our negative thoughts over the positive ones. We always remember the negative over the positive ones. And we give ourselves worth a little bit of a beating because if we've done 10 great things and we've gone somewhere and said something really silly, we just remember the silly stuff. We don't remember the great conversation we had before that. And it's just the way that we're wired. So fortunately, the brain is a muscle that needs constant training. So if we continually teach the brain to think like that, it's going to do that. But if you work out a different way, if you do some mind training and work on having a positive narrative in your headspace, each day, what you'll see is optimal results through all aspects of your life. So changing that narrative also changes your confidence. And I want you to think about your mind like you would take your body to the gym. And if you continually do the same exercise and the same repetitions in the same way at the same time, your body doesn't have any changes. It becomes accustomed, it plateaus, and you get the same results. So just like our body, our minds need a little bit of different training. So I would say let's train the muscles so that we can start to build a positive narrative so we can start to feel a lot better about ourselves. And as a consequence, we start to see our relationships flourish a little bit more. The next one I wanted to talk about are the red flags. They're red for a reason, people. We call them red flags because it stands out. You actually notice them. And it's almost like going to, you know, the beach 
and the lifeguards have put the red flags up, not the red and yellow to say it's safe, but the red flag saying, don't swim here, there's a shark. And you literally just walk past them and go into the ocean to swim with the shark. Like this is what a lot of people do. Can you just listen to your gut feelings? Can you just not ignore them? Because that's what's happening. People are ignoring the warning signs. And when you're in a toxic relationship, unfortunately, you don't know you're in one until probably it's well and truly over or it's time for you to leave. We often stay in these relationships past the expiration date. And most of the time, it's because these relationships are familiar to us. We know them on some level, whether it's because it's a family we've come from or it's the relationship we've got with ourselves or it's a relationship we've witnessed, whatever it is, but there's a familiarity here. Um, And as creatures of comfort, we find big changes like a breakup to be quite drastic and full of what ifs. So accepting and embracing that we will never know what's on the other side of a breakup bridge until we get there can be really difficult to comprehend. You know, this is why we refuse to cross or even contemplate crossing the bridge when it's the right time to do so because of what if. We don't know. Like what if you stay in that relationship and you're unhappy for the rest of your life and what if you leave and you cross the bridge and, yeah, it's going to be difficult initially, but what are the what ifs after that? What if everything that you want is on the other side? So toxic relationships often play out longer than they should. And as you're refusing to accept, there will be probably a healthier relationship in your future because when you're in a toxic relationship, you don't tend to see very far into the future because it's all about whether you're in the relationship, it's you're thinking, I don't want to be here, or you're thinking, I want to get out. You're not thinking very far in the future about what your life could look like. But when you cross that bridge and give yourself the freedom to leave the toxic relationship and possibly find someone who will do anything for you and give yourself permission to bring your light back and shine bright, then you can look back over the bridge and say, I'm glad I did that. So uh, the best way we can look at doing relationships a little bit better is not ignore those warning signs. And why that's relevant to sabotaging your relationships is because a lot of us get into relationships because of habit and because something's familiar, but deep down inside, we don't want it. We want exactly what we've dreamt about, but we don't think we're worthy of having it. So the warning signs come up and the red flags come up to warn you and say, you know this, you felt this before, don't go there. But a lot of us, when we feel familiar, almost like home, we actually go there without even realizing. And sometimes, and a conversation I had the other day was a young uh, woman is getting in, was getting into a new relationship and her dialogue was, Dr. Love, this is happening hard and fast, this relationship. I know I shouldn't be with him, but I can't help it. That is warning signs for me and that is red flags because there's a part of her that knows she shouldn't actually be there and she is getting all mixed up into the lust and the limerence of it and she's failing to recognize the red flags. So she's going in to dance with the shark and unfortunately she's either going to try and outswim him in the long run and get exhausted or get eaten up and come back battered. And I don't say that physically, but 
even emotionally, um, psychologically, energetically, is it takes a lot of effort to swim with a shark in a contained area. And that's what that would look like. So I want you to notice the red flags. And when there's a conflict between, I know I shouldn't be with him, but I can't help it get out anyway. The next one is all talk and no action. Oh, don't you love that one? So words and actions, guys, are two very different things. One is a concept and one is a behavior. You might discuss your plans for the future or things you want to change, but until something is put into motion, you're just still talking and you're stuck in this cycle. And you may possess certain behaviors or characteristics you know are detrimental to your relationships, such as picking on a small issue and turning it into an argument, but you just can't seem to change. So whether you have an emotional raw spot that is easily triggered or you want to change the way you react to certain situations that you've identified, you won't be able to make any positive changes until you have identified the causes for these triggers. You need to identify the causes of the raw spots, the stuff that you're reacting to, because then it gives you the ability to catch yourself before you react, slow yourself down before you spiral out of control and bring your your emotions to the ground so that you can analyze why you're feeling like that and have a think about your, your reaction before you react. So a little bit more of a controlled reaction. And this is what's going to stop that cycle of talking with no action. And I say that is because you keep saying, oh my God, I hate, I hate acting like this, or I hate the way I pick on small issues or why is this bothering me? And it's one thing to talk about them, but it's another thing to identify them and make some changes. So until you make some changes, nothing is going to change right? Change makes change. So until you identify, make the change, you'll see the change. So I'm going to say, pick yourself up if you're all talking no action and get some, get to it, get some work done, work on it. It might be difficult. You might hate facing the reasons why these are raw spots and you're easily triggered, but they're the things that are keep going to keep showing up for you in your relationship. So either you keep doing what you're doing and keep sabotaging your love life or you decide to pull your finger out and get on top of it and make a difference. Okay, so the last one is really interesting. I thought this one would be another one to talk about and this is wanting to change your partner. So during relationships, we often rub each other the wrong way, right, or vice versa. Our partner rubs us the wrong way, we rub them up the wrong way at some point. But adapting to their mannerisms and taking them on as our own, so a lot of the time we live with people or spend enough time with each other that eventually we start to act like them in a particular way. But it's only natural to take on these behaviours and share them with our partner. But the thing is, is that a lot of the time, although we take on their mannerisms or each other's mannerisms, we also sometimes start to expect them to complete tasks and do things the way we do it. So we will want things done in a certain way and most people can communicate with their partner and it gets done. But others simply show their partners what to do and how to do it and expect them to replicate it exactly the same so that they can get the same results. Now, there's two ways to skin a cat here, right? 
you can say, hey, babe, can you stack the dishwasher? And you stack it one way and they stack it another. But at the end of the day, you're getting the same result. So I want you to think about a relationship is about two individuals coming together. And you will have separate ways of thinking and doing things. So you wouldn't want them to assume you'll change every bit of your ways so that you can replicate the way they do things. So I would say, why would you expect them to do the same? If you wouldn't like to be controlled in a way like that, then I would say, don't do it to them. So rather than having expectations for them that will only disappoint you in the long run, you can change the way you see the standard or the way you've set the standard. All right, maybe they fold the clothes a little differently to the way that you do them. Or maybe they run errands in a different order to the way you run them. That's okay because at the end of the day, you want them to run the errand. You don't need to manage the way they run it as long as the errand gets there. You want the dishes washed. You want the dishwasher packed. All right, let them pack it. It doesn't matter which plates that they put in first and which forks and how the cups are sitting as long as they are washed properly at the end of the day. I would say don't try and change them. You can influence each other by any means, but that whole notion around it's my way or the highway is not helpful. It would be a little bit more helpful if you could accept what they're like and let go of those unrealistic expectations you have of them because it would definitely not be okay if the tables were turned and they were the expectations of you in the relationship as well. So I think for today that that's probably six things that we've touched on and God, I could talk forever around the way we sabotage our relationships. I can actually think of another one that came up today and I'm not going to get into it a lot, but this might come up for other people is, is mothering, you know, your partner is a way of sabotaging your relationship without even realizing because they may be looking to be looking for someone to nurture them. And you may feel worthy when you mother someone, but unfortunately that creates a relationship that can't last because you can't really have sex with your mother. And that's actually what happens in those relationships. You become like a mother figure and the intimacy dies out and you stop having sex and you wonder what happened. So there's a lot of ways we do this without realizing. And I love the fact that we can pick these out when we're working one-on-one with each other or in the group program when they come up and we're doing our online group program and we're chatting about, you know, the ways that we sabotage our relationships. And we've all experience this at some point or another. And it may not be in an intimate relationship. You, we could have, you know, sabotaged a working commitment or, you know, a, a relationship at work or something with a colleague. There's plenty of ways we sabotage things in our lives and relationships. So they're just six things that have come up for us today um, to have a chat about. But I would be really interested to hear any feedback or any stories around how you have identified how you've um, identified the way that you've sabotaged your relationships, whether it's past relationships or current, or you might be even scared to get into a relationship because you actually know that you ruin your relationships or you sabotage them or you make them not work and um, you're left single again, whatever it is. But I want you to either send me a DM or an email. You can send an email to ask at 
drlove.com for any of your questions or any topics that you want to suggest for the podcast. For today, I think that's it. We're going to leave it there. I want you to reflect on how are you sabotaging your relationships and I want you to get in touch and let me know. This is Dr. Love and that's the end of this episode. I will catch you on the next one. Take it easy, peeps. Lots of love. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast with Dr. Love. For all show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, head to www.drlove.com. That's D-R-L-U-R-V-E.com. Got a question for Dr. Love? Email her at ask at doctor.love.com. Love the show. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review or share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, lovers. We'll see you on the next episode. This is Between the Sheets with Dr. Love.